let's let's just see what happens. Let's see let's see where we land because it looks good so far. Anyway, you know, Allison, this is what I'm considering the session zero of this podcast, Hello. right? The session zero of ADHD 20, because we're testing things out. We're trying to introduce ourselves. We're trying to understand the milieu, the campaign. To that effect, I don't know if you do, but I have a D20 ready to go. Oh, dang. Should Uh, we have to like roll off for anything? (laughs) Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. (laughs) Pressure. (laughs) Not not to put pressure. No, I love it so much. Listen. Oh yeah, it's right there. Oh, here we go. Cacked. There it is. Yes. Allison, gosh, you know, are, are we going to get into what this podcast is about first, or are we going to start with introductions? I, so here's what I propose. I, I think you should give like the, the quick little elevator pitch, okay. and then let's have a roll-off to see who goes first in introductions. Oh, gosh. You've already come up with a fun way and implemented it. I love it. Okay. Let's go. So uh, welcome to ADHD20. It is a podcast that we're, you know, we're kind of going to feel out. And why are we going to sort of feel out what it is? Well, the two of us both have ADHD. And that's just kind of the way that we live. But the idea came to me, number one, because I play Dungeons and Dragons. My friend Allison plays Dungeons and Dragons. And we uh, work together and we both live with ADHD, which is a... (laughs) Just go look it up, man. I mean, come on. If you don't know what ADHD is, you know, whatever. But, you know, (laughs) so we're going to figure out how those two things, those two great tastes taste together, how they combine. I expect there will be talk some weeks about ADHD and then more about D&D, you know, kind of depending on how we're feeling. And then, of course, having ADHD, we're going to probably, you know, also throw the script away. (laughs) <laughs> and talk about whatever else we want to. Do, 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 do. Okay. I know. I, I, I want to point out that we do have a, a rough emphasis on rough outline for today. We do. And like, I think we both have timers set to see how long till those go out the window. Uh, so, in fact, ready? in fact, that has got to be a part of this podcast. Where are time you? timer. Yeah. So the time timer is a fantastic tool used for many things. For me, I use it to have a very visual representation of time going by because one thing that that's what it sounds like. Ah, that's that noise. That's I love the noise. it. Time timer has started. Allison, we're going to try to keep these under an hour the best we can. So now we roll the D20 and find out who introduces each first. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's great. do it. Here okay. it goes. Yep. Did Oof. not do well on that rolly. Nope. What'd you got? I got a three. Oh, I got an eight. Ah, <laughs> oh, you beat me. All right. Well, my name is Matt Bivens. And that's it. <laughs> my name is Matt Bivens. I am part founder of a web development digital design marketing shop called Bivens Brothers Creative, where we work with Allison. And uh, let's see, I have been in uh, a rock band for one huge chunk of my life. And I have provided captioning to live theater experiences for a chunk of my life. And I have had ADHD for a huge chunk of my life. Most of maybe it. Maybe even okay, all of it. Maybe all of it. And then D&D is a different thing because I, I'm not an obsessive kid. I'm not an obsessive person. But, man, one thing that that kind of stuck for a good solid five formative years was Dungeons & Dragons. 
And I am old enough to remember the red box. I don't think that's actually first edition. It is first edition. And then I, you know, I guess I left that life scrub away my dreams and my my enjoyment of fantasy. I'm kidding. Uh, I took a this break. Took a turn. Took a turn. <laughs> took a turn. I you know put my energies elsewhere until 2020, where the pandemic kind of forced us all inside. And I had been talking. My brother and I had been talking about you know, getting back to D&D, you know, it has had a resurgence for sure. No one can deny that. And so we, we kept talking about it and talking about it, talking about it. Allison was sick of us talking about it. But I had so many different things I was trying to do that I I, I just never made it a priority. And then the pandemic happened. I was like, let's do it. And I didn't really expect for it to be as all-encompassing as it has become. I, I know for sure you didn't expect it that it would be. But Mm -mm. for me, it has rekindled so many things, not just my childhood joys of creating worlds and characters and and situations and then running my brother. I only had one friend, my brother. (laughs) He was the only person I played with. Running Evan through these these situations, not only did it bring me back to that, but, you know, this is a performative a joy for me. It's a, it's the creative joy. I've made really great friends doing this, and I, I kind of imagine that moving forward in life, I will continue to make great friends doing this. It, it really solved almost every pandemic issue that I was experiencing perfectly. And that's and that's me, Matt Bivens. Is that good? I'm married. I have Daddy, dogs. That was so lovely. Okay, great. It was so good. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks, Alan. Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to follow that up. I wish I'd rolled higher, made you go second. I mean, I knew all of those things about you. It was still an utter delight to hear them professed out loud for the, you know, audience that we will surely have from day one of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's one one more thing, which I think is relevant. My ADHD type is the inattentive type, as you can probably already guess by my halting (laughs) voice. Thank you, Allison. Next. Mm Mm-hmm. My name is Allison Kendrick. I also go by AK. You can call me any of these things or something else entirely. I have the impulsive type of ADHD that will probably become even more and more apparent as we go on and also a little inattentive too. Let's see. So I first started working with Matt and Evan, I don't know, at this point, five years ago and now have just really shot my way into the business and and made them hang out with me every day for work and play, which is the best thing ever. I consider Matt not only one of my best friends, but also like the ultimate influencer in my life as I think you were actually one of, and we'll get to this later in the episode, I'm sure, but I think you were one of the first people that made me realize that I have ADHD many, many, many years ago. And you're the one who got me into D&D, really. So these two big parts of my life, you you influenced. I'm already learning things. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> so very similar story to Matt's, you know, pandemic came. I live alone with two wonderful cats, Maggie and Coney Bear, and am an extrovert and a recovering actor. And suddenly (laughs) found myself alone in my house (laughs) and in March 2020 needed a creative outlet. And, you know, so a friend of mine had been trying to get together D&D, you know, campaign for a while. And all of her other friends were like, nah, too nerdy. And I was like, yes, please. And then like 
once we needed something to do, I was like, hey, friend, Jeff is his name. Do you want to do this? And then, hey, Matt and Evan, you guys keep talking about wanting to do this again. Are you in? And now it's turned into this like all encompassing thing that is all I want to do, all I want to think about. And so it's like I, I, I did realize a couple of weeks ago and talking to somebody else about this i think dungeons and dragons might be my first hobby in the like very traditional sense of the word and so it's interesting yeah like i've never really had a hobby before i have interests i have loves and passions but i don't have you know repetitious things that i do for the sheer joy of both doing them and improving at them but i think there's a little bit of adhd at play in there too like maybe my adhd is why i never had a hobby until I found the hobby that really complemented my ADHD, right? It's that's, weird. That's that's really, yeah. Sorry, we can get into that. I want you to yeah. finish your story, but I, that is fascinating because I, I feel like I only have hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't and I never have. And it's really wow. funny because I, I come from this very crafty, very artful family who they're very good at things with physical outputs. Like, all of my grandmothers and all of my, all two of my grandmothers, but both of my grandmothers, <laughs> my mom, my aunts, you know, they, they, my grandfather, they all had these hobbies. Like my grandfather did stained glass and my mom and grandma's knitted and crocheted and my mom does cross stitch. One of my grandmothers was a beautiful painter. A couple of my aunts are beautiful painters. And I was always just bad at these things because I, I, there was a missing link that like, I just, I didn't want to practice. If I'm not immediately good at something, I don't want to do it uh-huh. at all. And I think that's how you get a hobby is you start being bad and then you gradually get better oh, yeah and yeah. so i didn't have that same i mean i wasn't good at D at first as we can all attest i had a lot to learn but yeah it has become it's my first hobby and i love that about it i love that yeah. and i'll say i feel like D is something that like improv which of course it is mm-hmm. also improv it it is the kind of thing that it is both daunting which was why some of your friends didn't want to play. But also, there is a part where you can always get better, but you can't mm-hmm. win. You can't beat it, mm-hmm. arguably. Anyway, yeah, interesting. Love that. I think the difference in this hobby is that it doesn't really matter if you're bad at it, especially 5e, especially the fifth version of this game. I think, I think that if you had started in, in fourth edition... We wouldn't be mm-hmm. having this podcast right now. And and that is no <laughs> that's no real knock for four E. If I haven't played three E or three point five, but like two and and definitely four. The one time that I've played it, it was like so many rules, so much. But five E is just the kind of thing where you don't have to know anything. If you can sit around mm-hmm. at a table and have a conversation, carry on a conversation with people, and then your dungeon master is good or trying to be good, and therefore can bring things out. You, you don't have to be an actor or an improviser. You don't have to know rules, because <laughs> people just tell you what to roll. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. So I think I yep. think that is, that's interesting that you say that, because I feel like this game, even more re- recently, is it's the most accessible, approachable version yet. I mean, everyone says that, but I, I really do believe it, and I love that about it. I already want to throw our outline out of the window, though, and Mm -hmm. and talk, kind of pull at that thread for a second, because one of the most remarkable things about D&D to me, coupled with ADHD, is 
I don't do anything. And I'm guessing you probably don't either do anything for long stretches of time. Like I get bored easily or just lose focus or need to like get up and shake my sillies out. And so it's comical to me that that D&D is a thing that I like can sit at. Right. And if you guys would play with me for six hours at a time, I would. Yeah. Without questioning it. You know, right. like I think I think our longest game was probably around four hours in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Again, when we had less to do than we do now. But like I play a Thursday night game and uh, we, it's four. it's about four hours, you know, with a break. And I like and it ends at almost midnight my time. And yet I always want to go longer, which is fascinating to me. And I don't pay attention to every second of every game. Obviously, there are times when I get distracted by something shiny and that's fine. You know, I can usually get reeled back in pretty quickly, though. But it's Mm -hmm. the fact that I even desire to sit in a place and do a thing Mm -hmm. without doing other things at the same time. I I frustrate my friends because like when we like hang out and like watch movies. I'm like playing on my phone or like doing something in the kitchen. Like there's always a, like at least two things at once I have to be doing. Yeah. And D and D is really one of the first things that yes, there are moments of distraction, but for the most part, I, I just want to do that thing. But knowing you, I wonder how wild it actually is because it, it just really touches on so many things that you do. We're both, we're both former performers. <laughs> <laughs> We're both performers, stage and music and and whatnot. So, of course, there's going to be that part of it, you know, for the two of us. That's mm-hmm. that's understandable and natural. But I but I think that the, the part that really is the extra, you know, grabber for you is that it is so very social. Mm-hmm. It's so very social. So it isn't like television because Really, watching television with a group of people is only social in that there's multiple people in a room. It's not necessarily a social endeavor. Mm-hmm. D&D has to be. Yep. So I think that any time that your focus does wane, you're brought back in by a player, by the DM, by something else that you've done. And mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, you're right. Yeah. I wonder if that's a big a big extra part of it for you specifically. Well, and I wonder too, if, you know, like, uh, you know, as a former performer, I think that that's why I didn't like knitting or drawing (laughs) because they didn't give back to me. They didn't, you know, feed me in any way. And yeah, maybe that's exactly it. That just out of the gate without any knowledge or talent, you can play D and D and it can instantly be this immersive storytelling experience. Yeah. like yeah, it. I love that. It has been an mm-hmm. unexpected joy. For sure. I thought yeah. we would do this. We would hang out. You know, we'd play a couple hours here and there. It'd be fun. And I'd add it to the very long list I have of, of stuff I do, right. stuff I have done, stuff I mediocre at, cards on the table. I now play currently, right now, March 2022, four sessions a week. On average, three of those with you. And our friend Fitz is is the one that is in all four of those sessions with me. And, you know, I was beginning to wonder, is there a limit? Is there is there a point? (laughs) Yeah. And so apparently the limit is five days a week. I I was asked by some friends if I would DM (laughs) for them. And it's funny because I've been begging them to get into D&D because I feel like they would love it. And then, you know, finally they turned it back on me and they said, okay, great. Yeah, we'll do this if you'll DM. Oh, crap. And as you know, DMing is a whole different battle.
battle map, ball game, whatever, yeah. than showing up as a player. Yeah. And that's important to think about it as well. I personally, I prefer being the game master. It's what I was when I was little. I like the work. I like the prep. It's, I mean, it's it's hard to call it work because it's mm-hmm. it's so joyful for me to f- sit down and think. And, and that's another ADHD thing for me, why I want to get so good at it, why I'm, I'm never uninterested in any aspect of it. There's no, there's no aspect of it that ends up being something. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really into that part of it. I like being yeah. a player too. I, I do, but I really, I really, really, really like that part of it myself. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing for me is that you didn't grow up being a dark fantasy or sci-fi no. fantasy person. I mean, I have a healthy appreciation. I grew up loving Star Wars, you sure. know, for instance, but definitely not as much fantasy, though, for, you right. know, I, that was just not that I didn't like it. It was just something I didn't touch as much. And I mean, you know, growing up as a, you know, adolescent of the 90s, I, re- you know, vividly remember at my junior high and high school within the nerd camp. There were two groups of nerds. There were the Magic the Gathering nerds and the D&D nerds, and they were very different and they did not cross pollinate. And and first of all, it was, you know, Alabama in the 90s. So I'll, I'll let you sit with your own visualization of that. And it was all dudes. And so I was a nerdy, nerdy girl. I mean, one of my favorite things about becoming yours and Evan's friend is that you have really like pulled out my inner nerd. I think this was the nerd I was always meant to be. I just didn't know how I needed my nerd Jedi master. You know, I I wonder if I had been friends with different people, I guess is what I'm trying to say. If maybe I I would have felt differently because I do love it so much Mm -hmm. and it does feel so like core to me now that I'm like, how did I ever exist? I just think in high school, I was my own brand of nerd. I was the theater nerd, you know, I was the kid who ran around the halls, you know, singing every word of rent, you know, and (laughs) I was that kind of nerd. (laughs) Yeah, I was, I was one of the, I was one of those girls and the band nerd and the choir nerd, but not the fantasy gamer nerd. I've never really been into video games. I, I, I think I lack some level of hand-eye coordination there. My brother was very into video games and got every console as it dropped. And I was happy on the Atari because I didn't have to learn new skills. It always comes back to like, Allison doesn't want to fail or be bad at things, which I guess we'll have to explore if that's a a component of ADHD. I mean, it's got to be. And, you know, we're very, very different in that way. Like you've mentioned it twice, you're not wanting to fail. And I have the absolute opposite where I used to go in and auditions and say, oh, yeah, I I can do that. Can you do this? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I I, I couldn't do it. (laughs) But I was like, I'll figure it out. Uh, I can always wing it. And I always end up winging it. And so uh, similarly, this is very interesting for me. This is your first hobby. And for me, this is something I really just ache to be better and better at, right? To achieve an effortlessness that, that a Mercer does or, a, or mm-hmm. a, a Brennan does. But for me, fantasy and sci-fi was actually my first love. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's a very fair correlation to go from theater nerd or music nerd to D&D and like how they match. But for me, D&D was the way to officially, with rules, act out these fantastic things that I was digesting, the stories and the knights and dragons and horses. I was like, wait a minute, there's a game that you can get, that you can (laughs) 
you can then create whatever you want, which, mm -hmm. oh, here's another topic for the future. I want blank slates and I want to mm -hmm. create them from scratch. That's interesting. Okay. Side note. But are we yeah, writing these down? <laughs> I hope we should. We should. Oh boy. Yeah, we should just have a to-do list of things that we need to anyway. I'll take a stab. I'll start writing some things. It's gonna yeah. be new and yeah. different for me. Okay, great. Yeah, so so that that was my gateway. And then I became a music nerd and then I became a theater nerd and then I became all those other things. So again, really really fantastic to find it again. It's so funny to me because so for those you know who don't know Matt and Allison we are you know we have become very good friends in recent years to the point where I like don't remember a time when you weren't a massive part of my life in getting to know you I have found all of these wild ways that we are very very similar but then something like this like your love of a blank page mm -hmm. my utter terror at a sure. blank page like our reactions to the same thing in some ways couldn't be more different and especially funny given the conversation around like oh we both have ADHD like it's it's to me how like wild and different our brains work in those ways because I'm the opposite I see a blank page and I'm like nope and I I, I can't get out of that space fast enough like today we were supposed to sit down and talk about you know this was in my mind the session zero and right. you I mean trust me I do love a good to-do list so and I and I really appreciate when someone else does an outline for any kind of talk. But it is interesting that you said, I have an outline and here it is, because it, you don't you don't want to be looking at a blank page right this minute while we're just trying to make <laughs> stuff up, which is, I get it. I get it. I 100% get it. But that is a good segue, though. Another thing that I really want this podcast to delve into is the sciences and the understandings of our, our different types. And, and I think there used to be more types of ADHD, but the main three are inattentive, impulsive, and then combo, which I've met yeah. some combos. And those people really, they really are the, the full-on, you know, t television uh, cliche version of ADHD. Yeah. We're relatively functional. <laughs> and, I, and I feel like the the combined type, that's that's a lot. But what I really want with this podcast is to learn more because um, mm -hmm. Apparently, the impulsive type of ADHD doesn't necessarily happen that much in women. And that's the type that I should have. I wasn't really a hyperactive kid. I was never diagnosed as a kid. And mm -hmm. so I struggled in silence. I would cry when I had to, you know, write out dictionary words. Oh, my God. Funny. Seriously. I remember the tears. <laughs> Oh so depressing oh. and yet so true. So I suffered in silence and I learned how to, you know, get by. And and it's funny when you talk about your inability to watch TV. So the way that I've had to cope is to be like an iron fist. I have to be like a fascist watching TV because if they don't pay attention, I can't pay attention. And I, mm. So I've had to learn all these different – I have all these weird – personal rules and regulations to overcome these difficulties. You sound fun. I am so much fun. <laughs> I am so much fun. I'm, I'm actually really fun for a lot of things, but that is one That is one example that, yes, that just I can't. I'm like, you, you can't watch your phone. You can't do uh, – because I won't be able to. Yeah, I'll be I'll be too focused on what you're doing. Watching you, watching yeah. that. But anyway, I was not officially diagnosed until thirty. Until I was thirty, 
And, and only then I feel because I had just managed to have jobs in my life that kind of were conducive to that mm-hmm. lifestyle. I, I survived school. I was not a great student, though I was very intelligent, I know. Uh, so I had tons of difficulty there. But, but yeah, I then just took jobs, i.e. full-time musicians, where you put me in a van and tell me what to do and get me there on time, and, and then I know what's next, and la, la, la. The only time that it became an issue was when I wasn't on the road and and suddenly I was super depressed because I could not motivate to do anything. I knew I had to do all of this stuff, like go to the doctor or post office or anything. And I, I just thought I was broken if I ever had to live, you know, try to fit into a, the nine to five world. And then luckily I had a roommate that had a book on ADHD and I read it. And I'm not joking. While I was reading the book... I literally dropped the book in shock. <laughs> in shock. I was like, oh, my God, Wait, there are other people me. that are like me. Yeah. I don't understand. That's normal. I mean, that other people, what? Yeah. I mean, there yeah. were kids. There were kids that had ADD, but I just, you know, these are the ones bouncing off the walls, literally. Yep. And, and then they had Ritalin. And, and, you know, so that was not a thing. And so, you know, finally, you know, the first the first step was kind of, you know, knowledge is power. And I think it's a yearly, monthly, daily thing for me is to understand it and treat it and accept it and so on and so forth. But I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that I am. I'm glad we're having this so we can talk about it. So tell me about your ADHD, Allison. Tell me about you. What are your hobbies? Yeah, so I grew up, I think a little bit more is that poster child of, you know, bouncing off the walls, hyperactivity, which probably surprises nobody. Right. And so I I do remember being aware, you know, throughout grade school and especially into junior high and high school calls home to my parents saying your girl has ADHD, like let's, let's diagnose and help. And again, growing up in Alabama in the nineties with, I think a lot of misinformation and Ritalin being really the only care plan for people with ADHD at the time. I have a cousin with some developmental behavioral disorders that was on Ritalin. And so I think that there was just a lot of negative stigma Mm -hmm. and misunderstanding around that. So my parents opted not to medicate me. And so then I just kind of like pushed it down for Mm -hmm. a really long time for the rest of junior high and high school and coped and got horrible grades, even though just like you, I was perfectly smart. (laughs) I just was not, you know, challenged in all of the right ways, got through high school really by the skin of my teeth. I mean, I think I had like a, like a 2.1 GPA graduating high school. It's a wonder I got into college thrived in college though, because the setup was completely different. I went to a a very small college, Queens University of Charlotte, that was all discussion-based classes. So now I'm sitting in a circle with people on my level talking about the text that I just read and I'm interested in it. So I want to be an active part of that conversation. And, you know, suddenly I'm on the Dean's list, (laughs) you know, with my lousy 2.1 from high school. And so I think that that was when, you know, like I started to realize I'm different, you know, but there are you know, other ways to not just cope, but thrive, you know, with or without medication. But I mentioned at the the start of this, that you were actually one of the people that made me have that same aha moment that you had with your book. You wrote a blog, 
like at some point when I was in college for the band and talked about your struggles with ADD. And it was, it was definitely a light bulb moment because all of the different symptoms that you were describing were like things that I thought were wrong with me. I especially didn't know other women like me. My only frame of reference for ADD was the hyperactive boys who had nervous tics and couldn't sit still and people blamed their sugar intake, you know? Yeah. And so I remember you writing that blog and and suddenly like it all clicking that it wasn't about, you know, the hyperactivity, but it was about the like being distracted, being inattentive, not being able to control your impulses. And 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 so I, I didn't do anything with that information, I'm sorry to say, for another decade beyond that. Right. Again, I just kind of tucked it down, pushed it away and figured this is the way that I am. And it really wasn't until I started uh, a more focused therapy practice in my early 30s and began to address some other issues in my life that my therapist brought it up. And that, you know, had me talking to my doctor, which so it was, it was, I was probably around 34 mm. when I got officially diagnosed. And then say, it's like, you know, okay, now I'm, now I'm part of this community. And, and in the meantime, I think, you know, somewhere between my mid twenties and mid thirties, I'm in my late thirties now for anybody listening to this, I, you know, I think that ADD and ADHD and whatever we want to call it became more talked about, more publicized, you know, more people started to come forward and and share memes about it. And once something goes to like meme state, like that's it. It's no longer a stigma, which is great. This is one of the upsides of social media. This is one of the reasons I will champion various platforms is that it does help you find and belong within your communities. And so watching friends of mine who I would consider successful by all counts, talk about their mental health or their ADHD struggles has been yeah. helpful for me. And then I've tried to pay that forward by being open and honest. I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to be ashamed of. It's just a part of who I am. And to a similar, you know, uh, note that you made, like I've, I'm now happy that I have ADHD. It has led me to success because of my abilities. You know, it, it can be a super ho- superpower when harnessed correctly. That's, yeah, along those lines of of community, and I mean, the, even after I was diagnosed, there were many times where I, I was like, well, maybe I don't believe in it because it mm-hmm. has been, it has been a very touchy, touchy subject since I was little, since you were little, and then you know, only now, as you said, it is coming to the forefront. It's been, it, I feel like it isn't. You know, it isn't used in an ableist way as much. People don't talk about, oh, well, I have my ADHD because they realize, okay, well, <laughs> this is actually a serious thing. I didn't necessarily feel comfortable calling it a disability until mm-hmm. somewhat recently when I was involved in a disability community. My wife is deaf. And it was the the people with other disabilities that, that kept urging me to talk about ADHD as a disability. And if if I were to create a a mind map, which I often have to do just to get something out of my head, I could easily point to things where this disability has, you know, affected my day-to-day life, which is the definition of a disability, right? So I'm I'm on board with calling it that. I, I you know, I I certainly I do have 
you know, full ability to hear things. So my disability is very different from my wife's. But if you were to talk to mm-hmm. her, she would say, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. He has a disability. <laughs> he has a disability. <laughs> and I think you're right. Now, more than ever is the time to talk about this because, you know, I am medicated. I have been on and off of it f- since 30. But I've been really trying to be super diligent and learn about medication for the last, you know, maybe five years. There's a there is a ton of full-on ableism in the pharmaceutical world when it comes to this. And it's funny because you would never not give a deaf person a cochlear implant if they wanted one. But they they right. try very hard not to give me Vyvanse, really hard. Yeah. Um, so I, I would love to talk about some of those things coming up. You know, whether or not you feel comfortable identifying as this disorder as being a disability or not. That's not the important thing. But mm-hmm. I think you're right. The more people talk, the better it's going to be. The more comfortable people will be. Nothing you could ever say to me could mean more to me than the stories that you just told me where I was honest about something and that something is something that you heard and then you went on a personal journey. That will make... All those years, all that time in a rock and roll band be so worth it in my life. And so I'm hoping maybe even this podcast could be something similar for other people. It's funny, when you mentioned that, I, I don't necessarily want to talk about that band too much. But one thing that I discovered the last time I was on tour is that there was a song that I had to learn. And it was a song that I wrote about a visit to Prague that I took with an ex-girlfriend. And I was learning these lyrics again and going, oh, <laughs> I had ADHD. And I wrote yep. about it. I literally wrote about it. And I did I not si- <laughs> No, I was sitting next to you. You were writing out the lyrics at Footlight before I... that show. And you look up at me in the middle of it and go, holy shit. Yeah. I was writing about ADHD, yeah. <laughs> you know? However many years ago. And I did. I I watched the light bulb go off in your eyes. I love that stuff. I love it so much. Our human ability to become more wise. That is one of the best ones for sure. So, yeah, I, I look forward to having this podcast with you to share our wisdom and to learn new things as much as we possibly can about all those things. Yeah, I'm obviously looking forward to talk to you about two of our subjects that we talk about together a lot anyways. Yeah. And, but I hope it becomes a conversation. I want to hear from other people. I want you to chime in. I have hope for the future. I am a youth group advisor. So I have the privilege of working with, with girls. And when I see the things that they, they post and the things that they just don't care about that I cared about so much as a high schooler, mm. it gives me hope. And when I see people just kind of leaning into these stigmas and pushing on these boundaries, especially on social media, I'm excited to kind of get to be an active part of that. Hopefully with this conversation, and, of course, have another platform to talk about Dungeons & Dragons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how they actually do fit together. But I think they fit together a lot. I really do. They do. Well, how do you feel about our Session Zero so far, Allison? I love it. We're okay. doing so good. All right. <laughs>
going to sit here and roll dice now. That's okay. all I'm going to do. Great. I just rolled a natural 20. I no, think that didn't. was the dice gods telling us that we crushed it. Yay, go us, session zero, but also we've opened the door for future talks. Yes. And I second, Allison, if anybody ever li- hears this and wants to write us, maybe you should put a survey out for this, too. What kind of topics do you like? <laughs> if you they like? have something to do with ADD or D&D. <laughs> I will go ahead and go on record and say we will welcome guests if you want to come talk about your experience or just fire questions off at us. I think it's great that so many people are talking about this and we now get to be two more of them. Yeah. Well, I think it's a really good place to be because it feels like the end of a podcast and we still have five minutes left on the time timer. Those are my best days. Those are my best days. (laughs) I, I do want you to make the time timer go off so everybody can hear it. Not the magic. I relax when I hear the time timer go off now. Like, you know, I, I don't know if it's my, what is the the bell when the, you know, the dog expects a treat? What's that called? Yes. Pavlov. Great. <laughs> Pavlov. There it is. There it is. That's it. That's the whole show. Okay. Until next time. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.